Patriot power. You're in the dog zone for an hour. Come on. You know the number. Welcome to the Dog Zone 9000, the official podcast of 1900 Hot Dog, America's undefeated champion of comedy websites. I'm Robert Brockway of Brockway Ryu Karate, and with me is world record holder for fastest headbutt with nose explosion, Sean Baby. Okay, USA. <laughs> and joining us today are our guests, undefeated surprise Kumite champion, Vanessa Guerrero. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I specialize in specifically Dim Mac, and it's one you've never heard of, and I learned it in a strip mall. All surprise. All surprise all the time. Ambush Kumite. And the only man who has defeated 56 consecutive Kumite referees by knockout, Zach Kuntz. It's my go-to move. I grab him. I throw him at you. I hide behind him. I use that. I'm I'm versatile with how I use the ref. 56 times. There is no point to a referee if you can grab him and hide behind him. Like, if that does not disqualify you, like, what is that guy there for? Yeah. You could swing them like a human club. <laughs> it's like, That's I what wish there's something I could do about this. I'm, I'm honestly just here to mop up the teeth. He it's, failed to stop Chong Lee from killing a man. Like, he, he, he was about as useful as a UFC one ref. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's no way to guess what today's podcast is about. But before we get to it, uh, I would sincerely like to know where I could find more from each of you guys uh, on the internet and beyond. Uh, Vanessa, how about you go first? Hey, uh, first thing I want to plug is something that's been on hiatus for a bit, but it's coming back, and that is my podcast, Kicking and Screaming. Um, it just kind of took a backseat to everything else, and it's the thing that I love doing the most. We do double features of horror movies and martial arts movies, uh, but that involves watching like four hours of movies per episode. So we are coming back. I'm very psyched. Uh, Hopefully teasing something that's going to be happening down the line, but maybe doing live screenings of some of these double features. Um, And then you can also find me on G4 TV. I uh, host and produce a show called Vibe Check. um, And then I kind of do everything else. (laughs) In the world. I got to say, you have the best title and tied to premise for a podcast uh, yeah, behind the Dog Zone 9000, of course. Yes, yeah. Dog Zone 9000 is the apex. It yes. tells you everything you need to know. Dogs and zones. <laughs> to mm-hmm. do the 9000th degree. All right, Zach, how about you? I have no problem explaining to my friends and family what the Dog Zone is whenever I suggest that they listen to it. So <laughs> I, I concur. Um, I have got a YouTube channel with my buddy Craven called Arl Knots, A-U-R-A-L. N-A-U-T-S. Uh, right now we're working oral on knots. oral, oral knots. Yeah, That's the one. Yep. Just like he says it every time. <laughs> I love that. Really round out we, that uh, O. Yeah. Larry Kenobi oral. is very good. Larry Kenobi is what we're doing. We're uh, redoing the Obi-Wan Kenobi series with our version of Obi-Wan, who is a uh, grifter scumbag who who's known for dropping fake names, but never changing his last name. That's the joke. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like our version is probably. <laughs> I feel like our version of Obi Wan is canonically more consistent, 
overall, I think, the, the source yeah, material. Just, that may be a big talk, but... Just a, just a dirtbag traveling the stars, sampling local yeah. drugs. Mm-hmm. Getting his dance on. That's all Getting his need. dance on. <laughs> and uh, there's probably no need to ask this, but uh, does this entail thousands of hours of careful expert level video editing? God damn it. Too much. That show, is, <laughs> that show gets worse and worse. I didn't have a problem with the show when I first watched it, but on, when you tear it up and put it under a microscope, it doesn't, you'd be surprised yeah. to find out it doesn't hold up very well. Yeah. This is a real artistic note for you, Zach. Like there's this lighthearted fun feel in the tone of like the art, but I can feel the uh, exhaustion. <laughs> like I'm like, God damn. Like, cause you can hear like different voices. I'm like, Oh my God, this guy fucking, called his voice actor friends and like went over to a studio and recorded like those two lines of dialogue and then stitched <laughs> it together with like 15 different episodes. I'm like, Oh, like I, I'm just saying I can see the work. Uh, it's great though. Yeah. You can really hear you guys dying. Yeah. I can, I can hear the struggle. Which um, is spending, sort of, burning through your life energy for us. That's sort of Obi-Wan's arc. So it really, it really helps sell the character. I think that's, and, and it gets, it, it's only a feeling that uh, intensifies as you watch when you realize like, oh my God, they've incorporated an entire fucking narrative with this chopped up footage. Like, oh fuck, there's callbacks and shit. Like you made a whole movie out of chunks of movie. <laughs> there's, that's always tough too, that, that fine line of like how far up our own asses do we want to go with these callbacks? But we, mm-hmm. you want to be like consistent with the narrative but you also don't want to be too like if only you understood what was really going on here you'd feel really good about yourself right now so larry i think it does it's going to do a great job of showing how someone who looked like you and mcgregor turns it turns into alec guinness in less than 10 years <laughs> yeah that's a that's a thing huh yeah, yeah. he's got a, he's got a lot of living to do he's got a lot none of, of it is good a lot of tax evasion we've got <laughs> is that an Obi-Wan thing or an Ewan McGregor thing? Oh, no, like an Alec Guinness thing. I would have got oh, it. Alec. I would have got, got there eventually. <laughs> <laughs> You're so close. <laughs> well, as you can plainly tell, uh, today we're discussing the 1988 jumping split kick masterpiece, Bloodsport. Now, hold on. I know what you guys are saying. You got, that's, this is the audience. This is what the audience sounds like. You guys already did a Bloodsport podcast, and it was amazing. It changed my life, and I thank God every day you did it. And you're right. We already did a Bloodsport podcast. Yeah. So what? Did you think there was only going to be one Bloodsport podcast? What the fuck? There is way more than one Bloodsport in our world. There will be many more than one Bloodsport podcasts. I think it has to be every time we watch Bloodsport, we do a podcast about it. Sold. Yeah. Like you honestly, you guys are We're lucky. 15 that behind. We, yeah, yeah. We are lucky that this is anything not Bloodsport related. And uh, 15 behind, we might be correcting that right now. Next 15 episodes. Let's just go back to back. Clearly, this would be a better podcast if every single week we just got together and talked about Bloodsport. Uh, but I, I guess, real quick, there might be people that don't know what Bloodsport is. Like, I don't want to associate with those people, but uh, they might be listening to this. And I guess we should. We should tell them. And I have a They're special a message for you. Fuck you. <laughs> Feral Cats is the new thing. I'm so podcast. sorry. Feral I'm having cats my husband put her away. She will not stop shutting up. She's, here's the thing. She really believes in Dim Mac. She really, <laughs> she spent a lot of time and a lot of money on it. And I think she's in like a sunken cost fallacy thing right now. Yep. And I need to let her think that it's effective. 
I think she's just doing the cat version of Kumite. Kumite. She Kumite. is. She's chanting Kumite. Hot's on fire. <laughs> we were, I knew where we were going to get there sooner or later, and I'm glad it's sooner. <laughs> All right. Bloodsport. Uh, it's the story of Frank Dukes, superhuman karate dispenser and uh, secret military weapon ninja Frank Dukes, uh, who uses his leave to fly to Hong Kong to participate in the Kumite, a no-holds-barred fighting tournament, possibly to the death if Chong Li is feeling fun today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Never clear if that's okay or not. It's like frowned upon sometimes, but other times it kicks ass. He's pursued by a uh, military police who can't risk America's most powerful weapon, which is, again, Frank Dukes, getting hurt in this competition. And right away, like you can't, you learn you can't question Bloodsport from that moment. Because if he's like so valuable to our country that he's our greatest weapon, what the, what the fuck are they worried about? Like, yeah, just get over there <laughs> and no destroy. faith in their greatest weapon. Yeah. I mean, the U.S. military uh, does not like to share its toys. Uh, they were worried they would reverse engineer a Van Damme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that they would make another Van Damme, is. that they would be able to figure out the genetic construct of his fists and make a second one, but with a robotic eye. Maybe oh, that's what like that shit. guy from Step by Step was. Like that's he was like Brussels trying to reverse engineer another Van Damme from the Van Damme we stole. Are from you talking him? about Sasha Mitchell from the Kickboxer mm-hmm. sequels? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> or as I like, like to call him, that guy from Step by Step. That's him. I knew. Exactly. I liked on Step by Step when they would suddenly break into a kung fu fight, and you're like, "Okay, Sasha, yeah, yeah." <laughs> I know his idea. You're, you're a kickboxer. You're a kickboxer too. Cross promotion. Yeah, yeah, we got it. <laughs> you're the long lost brother from Kickboxer. Congratulations. <laughs> and there it would make me sad that that's the show he was on. It's like, so you're telling me we could have a kung fu sitcom, and we're not watching that. Instead, we're watching him like justify karate kicking the milkman once every 17 episodes. <laughs> it's like whenever I see Michael Jai White in a Tyler Perry movie, and I'm like, mm-hmm. you have a whole Michael Jai White and he's not punching or kicking anything. Yeah, what on. are you doing? What a waste of Michael Jai White. Literally, the only action move that I've ever seen him do in a Tyler Perry movie is choke a woman. <laughs> I was so oh. mad. <laughs> I haven't watched enough Tyler Perry movies to get there. Did she end up winning that fight? I think she did. Good. I do want to see him do like a Tyler Perry Kung Fu movie. Like that's probably the direction he needs to go to revitalize his career. Just like a really busted up Stephen Chow movie. Like (laughs) imagine me assuming that he hasn't already done that. There's no way he hasn't already done that. (laughs) He's an interesting guy. There's because he did Black Dynamite. So he clearly has shown that he has a sense of humor and like some Mm -hmm. comic timing. Yeah. One of my favorite stories about him was uh, uh, who's the uh, UFC fighter that does a podcast now? He's a commentator. He's blind to one. The Count, Michael Bisbing. Okay. Michael Bisbing was in a movie with him and he said he was filming and then he got news that his dog died and he was really sad about it. And he tried to talk to Michael Jai White. He's like, hey, yeah, my dog just died. And he's like, I don't know if he just didn't hear me. So I just <laughs> assumed he didn't hear me. So I just dropped it. And so later, I just thinking that he didn't hear me, I go, Hey, he's like, Hey, what's up, man? He's like, nothing, man. I'm just, you know, my dog just died. He goes, yeah, you told me. And that was it. I stopped talking to Michael. <laughs> oh, <amazing. laughs> 
I have registered your human emotion. It has been noted and disposed of. And I just picture Black Dynamite doing that. I even picture like normal Michael J. White. It would be a funny line for Black Dynamite. I think he had like a sad friend who keeps complaining to him. Yeah, you told me that. Yeah, you told me. I threw that shit before I came in the room. Maybe my favorite line. Maybe my favorite line. That or his voice breaking when once one of the women in the brothel interrupts him. <laughs> the hot coat hangers line. Is it? Well, <laughs> impossibly, this is not a black dynamite podcast. Damn it. Although right, I'm guessing, track. I'm guessing there's going to be. Yes. So. <laughs> Uh, okay, where, where were we in Bloodsport? He meets uh, Frank Dukes, goes to Hong Kong. Uh, he meets Ray Jackson, who is, uh, uh, I think, some sort of fighting bear. And a <laughs> female like three reporter. Three frat boys fused into one. <laughs> hey, you ever been with a real big man? No, huh? All right. I do appreciate how quickly he backed down, though. He, he clearly saw that like she wasn't into it. So instantly. Total gentleman. Like the grossest gentleman of all time. <laughs> he was a very was, gross gentleman. He's just a numbers directly. game. You he ask like, every woman if she's been with a big man, eventually one of them says, no, but I'd love to be. And then you respectfully <laughs> make love to her for seven to eight minutes. In a way that does bus. not destroy her body. <laughs> right. Then you, then you take her to the hospital because she has been split in half. I'm Ray Jackson. <laughs> This has been a completely Jackson. accurate reporting of the scene where Frank Dukes meets Ray Jackson on a on a trolley, picking up a woman in the, the worst and best way possible. Uh, <laughs> and then there's also a he meets and falls in love with a female reporter who probably has a name, but it is not important. Uh, uh, she's sassy female reporter number one. Yeah. Yes, as, as legally required by every 1980s action movie. I think every other woman in the film was credited as special lady. So I don't know if she was one of the special ladies or if she had her own name. Maybe she's yeah. notably not special. Maybe that was their passive aggressive way. <laughs> That's their dig. <laughs> Everybody else is called as... special lady and you're called yeah. like Cindy. <laughs> Wait a credited minute. as special lady, but on set not known as a lady. Cindy. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's okay. But their bullet sport makes no time for what I believe there's, there's one other woman, and she's like in the bar briefly, to be to be picked up, and uh, I think that's it. Like that's it for uh, yeah. for women. In they kind of know to stay away from the Kumite, except for the reporter. This is all a very bad it's not idea. Not a safe spot. Yeah. So they're not all Ray Jacksons. Is my point. <laughs> yeah, they're not all savage bear gentlemen like Ray Jacksons. Uh, so Frank Dukes spends this time dodging cops falling in love, making friends for life and spin kicking his way through just all of Hong Kong uh, to become, I guess, the champion of Earth forever. At, uh, at the very least. The numbers they drop in the tournament are such that it's several magnitudes more than the entire population of the Earth since Cro-Magnons were made extinct. You guys did real Kumite math in a previous episode and it was uh, it was impressive. These are these are star numbers. Yes. Yeah, everybody everybody tries to uh, dispute this. Like I heard a podcast as recently as like a year ago where Frank Dukes was like, "Well, listen, come like some of the guys like you you fight them and then they like get back up and then like you kind of go back and you fight he he had sort of a hand wavy thing of or just mm. these dudes were getting like 30 to 40 concussions a day just getting knocked out over and over by this maniac Frank Dukes. Well, he also specified, I read the article where he first uh, made that claim, and he did specify it was a single elimination tournament. So 
Okay. No friend. So he's changing his story a little. Uh, yeah, I, I think, think he just did a single single elimination tournament uh, where you defeated everybody who has ever been or will ever be born uh, forever yes. in a kung fu battle. If you're listening to this, you lost a fight to Frank Dukes, or you're you every grain of sand on the beach. Uh, here's a good question: Has Frank Dukes acknowledged you guys yet? Because you've been, you've done some pretty deep shit talking on him, and I know, like but he's hoping has, no, this he, might be the he one. Got a takedown uh, on a cracked article I wrote about him. So oh, nice. oh, oh my god That's i would give anything yeah. <laughs> Literally, you did it, man. i will be so mad if i leave this earth without being challenged yelled at or accused of lying by frank Dukes. <laughs> some kind of cease and desist signed frank dukes yeah. is... well if we do our jobs right it'll be here we, and now that's our, had, that's our uh, soft goal today we had Josh Barnett on the podcast, and uh, he does a wrestling promotion called Bloodsport, which is awesome. And I was talking to him about, like, how the fuck is Frank Dukes not trying to get you to shut down? And he immediately, like, switched on. He's like, I'd fucking like to see him try. And I thought that was so funny. Like, <laughs> and that's like, real. That's, yeah, that's, that's real. a like, real he, thing. He yeah. really wants to fuck Frank Dukes up. And, like, yeah. what athletic commission would allow that? They're like, yeah, okay, UFC champion and, like, elderly liar. Like, sure. We'll fucking put this fight on. This would be like Game of Thrones, you know, when the Mandalorian got his face exploded kind of situation. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's Josh Barnett versus the real Frank Dukes. Yeah. Challenge him to a fight and then show him his real enemy, a lie detector test. And I want to see, <laughs> I want to see him dim Mac his way through Wait, that. Hold on. That made it, I would love to see like an actual fist fight, but you're both attached to lie detectors and we ask you questions about your life. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. How, fa- how fast do you think that punch you just threw was? Well, 700, 800 miles an hour. It was 12, Frank. And it electrocutes <laughs> you every time you lie. There we go. Fully, I'm fully running man with it. It's the Ghostbusters. Here's another uh, funny thing. thing. He, mentioned, I, he mentioned this on a podcast, Frank Dukes. Uh, he's uh, talking about how when people make fun of him, that has like, terrible repercussions because sometimes he does negotiations for like North Korean prisoners. And so like when people make fun of him, that like undermines his credibility and like you fucking, you're going to look at the family in the eye when the kids are dead. Cause you made fun of Frank Dukes. <laughs> That's some real shit. I'm paraphrasing, but he, he got himself worked up so hard about his lie and what it would mean if it was real, that like kids were actually dying. Cause you made fun of Frank Dukes. To get You're going to be kicking yourself dudes. in the ass if you ever end up in a North Korean jail. Yeah. <laughs> and you're yeah, the only dudes. person that could save you was Frank Dukes. But you made like, well, 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 well. Oh, who Frank. It is. Oh, this is bad news. I'm, I guess I should say I'm sorry, but like, uh, will that even make a difference? <laughs> is the damage done? Is it irreversible? <laughs> uh, you're, you're already inside me, aren't you, Frank Dukes? <laughs> Frank Dukes was a real guy, as though we need to say that, because we made fun of him on a podcast, uh, making fun of another podcast that he was on. We, <laughs> we did a podcastception. I would like to update. It was a ninjutsu podcast where he, he went on and they both just like sidetracked themselves, bitching about like the inner circle complaints yeah, and gossip of the ninjutsu the, world the clicky ninja world <laughs> it was it was fantastic and who can believe that ninjas clan Three ninjas are clan cool. drama yeah who just can't even transform into horses it's a fucking <laughs> bunch of clowns they never came after us for that but i am happy to report that they deleted their entire group and tried to delete their podcast off of the internet uh, however 
They forgot to delete the source where they kept it. They only deleted all the Hell feeds so yeah. I can still find it. I, I just got really upset that I didn't know about this podcast, so I'm happy again. This Don't worry. Good. I ripped a copy just in case, and I will keep it oh, until yeah. I die. <laughs> I always feel bad when like you destroy someone. You know, and It's like one thing to make fun of them, and it's another when they're like, scorch their earth. I'm just going home. <laughs> I'm just going home where nobody makes fun of me for being a ninja because I'm all alone. But fucking fuck them. <laughs> you know, I, at the end of the day. All right. Frank Dukes was a real guy. He insists Bloodsport was a true uh, that's story. A real ninja. Anyway. <laughs> and uh, I would like to just real quickly go over the key components to his life that are reflected in Bloodsport. Uh, he says he was trained as a ninja by Senzo Tanaka. Mm-hmm. And that was to win the Kumite in 1975. Uh, I'm not going to debunk him because so many other people have debunked him. Expert researchers say... He actually did not win the Kumite in 1975 because the Kumite did not exist. And he was not actually trained as a ninja by Senzo Tanaka in part Mm -hmm. because Senzo Tanaka didn't exist. A couple of holes in the story, but otherwise. That nobody can prove any stage of your story ever existed uh, is just fucking great ninjutsu, quite frankly. Still, there's a lot of prestige in winning a wave. Winning a tournament that you can say it's so secret nobody even knows about it. Like if you win that, that's obviously very prestigious and not something a six-year-old might say about his uncle. <laughs> and then you and then you make a career of telling everybody about it. As for being the elite military super weapon, uh, he did serve as a Marine for six years as a reserve. Uh, uh, I was going to say, that's kind of badass, but I held on to that. I, I knew there was, <laughs> you knew, I knew there was you a You knew the rest of that sentence was coming <laughs> up on you like Frank Dukes in a cell. Uh, he As, claims to have been recruited by the CIA and received the Medal of Honor. Uh, all all of this builds up the Frank Dukes of Bloodsport to be this, you know, indispensable asset of war that they can't afford to lose. He, of course, did neither of those things. And he was discredited by several high-ranking actual military officials and the four real director of the CIA. Uh, actually have they won Kumite's? Uh, so yeah, for, Forrest Whitaker showed up and uh, didn't corroborate his story. Did not. The actual, I just, I love it so much. The actual director of the CIA took time out of his day to say Frank Dukes is full of shit. I just, God, what well, a liar. He, he made a note that Bloodsport rules, uh, but it wasn't <laughs> historically accurate. Van Damme is fucking sweet. He's fucking sweet. Let the record show CIA says Van Damme is fucking sweet. We'll give him uh, a Medal of Honor for those splits. Okay. Let the record also show. We don't know why you added the true story part. It could have just been a kick-ass thing and everybody would have yeah. loved it. Um, why did you do this to yourself? I would argue that's part of the magic. I think when it I was came out, say, we yeah. kind of yeah. bought it. And like that, it's so compelling. And once you see that based on a true story, if there's even a, a ounce of you that believes it, like your brain just evokes this amazing world that like it's so secret in the shadows. So I think that was a great move to base it on. I specifically remember selling the movie on that basis to people like, and get this. It's it fucking happened. It fucking happened. See, that's, that brings up a great part. See, I didn't realize it was a true story for many years. I saw Bloodsport probably when I was 10 years old and didn't realize it was a true story because I, who reads, who reads movies? Bunch of dorks. Uh, probably into like my, mm-hmm. my that was me. mid-20s, I want to say. So I went like 15 years with pure, just not polluted blood sport in my head mm-hmm. before realizing Frank Dukes was even was even a guy. But you guys all, like the first time you watch it, you're like, oh, this absolutely happened. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. is I, why a- 
I have hurt myself with nunchucks on many an occasion because if you tell me that there's a 10% outside chance that if I try hard enough and young enough that I can be some kind of ultimate weapon, Mm -hmm. I'm Mm -hmm. going to take it to heart and believe that it is real. And just like Frank Dukes, I didn't actually do anything. I just, I just shadow boxed poorly uh, in my backyard and then got my ass kicked at the first chance that I could. Um, <laughs> but I I, I've got this now. I have shadow boxed. If I, I can beat believed. a shadow, I could beat anybody. Yeah, exactly. And, I, uh, and, I, and not only did I believe Frank Dukes is real, but I believe that doing the splits was the the hole in my karate game that yes, absolutely. to be filled. Mm-hmm. That was like, uh, this is, I'm, if I could just learn how to do this, I will be invincible. I, I did the exact same thing. Uh, I fell just completely in love with Van Damme. I would love to say non-sexually, but that would be a lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I was a little tang of sexuality. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was a chubby kid, and I started doing the splits every day until I could hit them just all the way to the ground because I was convinced that was like the secret to life. The Chris and, Farley uh, style. <laughs> once I could do that, I remember I started... Uh, Wrapping my feet and fists in ace bandages. Dude, all day with the ace bandages. <laughs> Me too. I totally did that kickboxer style. <laughs> to like you look that... like Sagat from the video game from Street yeah. Fighter, right? Yeah, exactly. I had them too. Not and like, yeah, so not for smelly. like medical purposes. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, my roommate at the time, which it was it was our roommate, it was my like family's had a had a rumor. It was got, my brother. Got mad at uh, mad at me for raiding his first aid kit so I could make <laughs> I could make wraps. To, we might so you need can make that for an emergency. This is an emergency. And I uh, I used them. I started collecting uh, milk jugs so I could fill them with water and like food red food coloring. And I hung them like high from my back porch so that I could practice spin kicking heads so hard they exploded. Fuck and yeah. that was a. Uh, that was like my training. I was I was convinced this is this yeah. is very important to my those adult Kool-Aid life. Jugs explode. You are a master of the killing arts. Do you realize <laughs> yeah. that if if we were born like now, all of this shit we're talking about would be online. This would be available oh to the public yeah. to see Chubby Robert doing spin kicks in his backyard. <laughs> Me on that, I, Sean. I know you've seen this. You know the martial arts catalog like splits machine they had with the crank. Oh yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'd be doing that on TikTok, you know, just ripping my fucking groin out. <laughs> and all of us would have to commit suicide by the time we were 20. Yep. I was so close to it happening. I'm 30. I was three years oh, yeah, out baby. from potentially having it be on the internet. Instead, I did other <laughs> embarrassing shit on the internet. But like, I was three years out from people watching me punch a wall, cry, and then have my mom wrap my hand. That's a close Using like demon and eye anime filters it. and shit. That's yeah. A, yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was playing hooky and going to Chinatown because that's where they would sell me weapons. And then I just like <laughs> had a bunch of weapons under my bed. I don't know what I was going to do with it. I was like 13, 14, and I had like a ninja star and nunchucks. And then literally recently I went to Chinatown again, and my husband bought nunchucks from a man that gave him a card that said, if you ever need an emergency katana, here is my personal number. <laughs> and it's yes. the same one that I used to buy weapons from. That like is, a vengeance emergency. It's three in the yeah, morning. That is, like that, that is I've like some ninja kill. three, the domination type shit. Yes. You, know, like, <laughs> you still have this card. Only a ninja can guy. kill another ninja. Oh yeah. He saved it. So if <laughs> he not, ever needs a katana immediately, we have the guy. 
Now, I'm amazed that hasn't come up yet. Not once. Have you needed an emergency? Katana-related emergency circumstances. Like, that's... Yeah, it would just be purely ninja-based. There's no other reason. Like Some asshole brought 40 watermelons to the barbecue. (laughs) We need that katana. (laughs) (laughs) And does he show up like a Streets of Rage, like, NPC? Does he just pull up in a car and drop a sack on the ground and peel out? (laughs) Can't see his face. Hides hides in a trash can. Did everybody else have have kung fu weapon arsenals? Because I had mine too, just Dude, just like I Vanessa. fucking still do. I what are you talking about? Do, yeah. I have a pair of nunchucks in my. When did like, that basket? What what, uh, what age do you think? What I, as young as I can remember, I had ninja. Yeah, weapons. absolutely. Yeah. There, and we always had one ninja star floating around. Like you could sneak yeah. one into the house and like hide it, just like Vanessa's talking about. And you're like, if your dad found it, you'd be like, "No, I need that. I'm not a ninja without it." But <laughs> Yeah, we'd, we'd make we it know. Out of paper. Yeah. And, uh, oh, the paper one. Yeah, the four uh, the origami ninja stars. My where you have to look up did, a special uh, way to fold it to make it mm-hmm. deadly. My folks did forbid weapons for a little while, uh, and I would make my own. I used to make my own bows out of like sticks in the woods. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, just like Rambo, the so Hachi. Just course. like just like Rambo. So I was, I was, I always had the weapons around. I, I, right now, I have uh, within reach. I have several throwing stars and nunchucks. Oh shit! No I have bullshit. a sword right behind me. I didn't even. I'd, oh, I'm so used to seeing it right there that it's just. <laughs> I just totally forgot that it was there. I'm yeah, literally so touching nunchucks. I'm touching nunchucks <laughs> right now. You asked yeah. the right I, people, Brockway. Like literally through my window, I see our gardening katana, which is a katana that we left outside and it rusted. So we use it to whack weeds when they're too tall. <laughs> right, I'm gonna katana. give you guys a little ninja ASMR. You ready? Oh, that gave me the tingles. That, that was what his was, groin was puller. That? that was his uh, split machine. That was machine. the groin splitter. Yeah, yeah. Just that was a ranking open there. Very dusty. That was a, a very dusty sword being resheathed. I sheathed oh. it and just an explosion <laughs> just went into my beard. <laughs> what they don't show you when you take a long forgotten vow of vengeance is the dust cloud going The up. dust. You're, you're like, like oh, damn it. Uh, I told myself this la- that was the last time. <laughs> See, I, I don't have any weapons currently because I I uh, got all of my weapons. I used to live in Southern California, so I got all of my weapons from Tijuana and uh, hmm. not the high, highest quality uh, ninjutsu weapons from Tijuana. Did, for did you did yours break in combat? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> nice. I would throw ninja stars and they would immediately bend. I would I would They're get like explode. a little tiny little sword, and I, I had one of those that I managed to sneak past my mom. And, and apparently Border Patrol. I don't know how the fuck I got back with all of these <laughs> things, but I did. You are a successful mule. Look at you go. <laughs> For, I thought it was cute. Though. Look, look, look at this kid. has got the little, the little baby katana. He's getting away with it. Yeah. Little baby mini katana. Look at him, you hurt yourself, buddy. Look at him yeah. trying not to look nervous. Oh, we got to let him through. We got to let him through, dude. <laughs> we got to let this white boy kill himself with a Tijuana katana. <laughs> I don't, I don't I know if you're... I don't know if your younger viewers quite understand how huge ninja weapons and ninja related things were in our childhood. Cause it's, there's no it way everything. we have any younger listeners, but if, okay, we did, good. if we did, there's no way they could conceive of how, how important, like what was the first time you saw blood sport? Do you remember like having an impact? Oh, definitely. Yes. Um, yeah. I was, I think nine, 10 years old. And uh, whenever we had, back then we used to have almost like weekly family reunions at someone's house and like 
a bunch of family members would load in and then all the kids would hang out in the garage and the older kids would take over like the activities and I worshiped them. So I wanted to do whatever it was. Um, and it was usually video games, uh, or sometimes watching things that I was like wholly unprepared for like Scarface. And, uh, one day they were watching Bloodsport specifically and, I remember being specifically capt- captivated because I'd seen a lot of action movies with like Steven Seagal types at the helm, but that was the first time I'd ever seen a man that was also like pretty, not handsome, but like pretty, pretty beautiful. Um, yeah. Just, you know, big pouty lips, giant eyes. Like it was the first time I saw an action hero that was like strong and cool, but for like a young hormonal me, pretty and so i sat and watched the entire thing and it like follows a thing that i loved a lot at the time in anime which are like tournament arcs it was a thing in Show. it was oh, a yeah. thing in dragon ball z everything had a tournament arc so it was like the easiest way to get me stuck on something and i was obsessed like the idea of something happening under your nose and it took this thing that in my brain was solely anime and made it real i the obsession specifically went on to Jean-Claude Van Damme before it went to like action, everything else. But I was like, that's the ultimate mixture of like grace and strength. He did look mm-hmm. like a boy band kicking ass. That was like maybe yes. the first time. I think maybe the primary adjective to describe him would just be smooth. He's so smooth. He just looks He's like, like a the smooth. Yeah, he looked like a absolutely. sea creature. Yeah. In a good way. He's a merman. He's a merman that right. kicks ass. <laughs> How did we never cast him as a merman that kicks that's ass? Why he got his legs in some Faustian covenant, and that's why he's so good with the splits. He dedicated <laughs> that's why he can't his life for to shit. those legs. That's true. Yeah, He's never used his voice. He can do the splits, no problem. No problem. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I never noticed how fucking beautiful he was. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to hit you the next time, and you're going to be ruined. The first oh, my thing- God. I, you you totally went to the mirror and tried to like do the the fucking underwear pull that he did to see if you looked as good. Yeah, pulling your cheeks out like the, making a little basket out of your underwear. Mm-hmm. Giving her a little show right before you put it away. That's my favorite cutaway because it's like clearly he had the director hadn't said action yet, so yeah. Van Damme was just sitting there waiting just for waiting, like to go ahead. Waiting, <laughs> they filmed and they half have, of it. Yeah, they left a little lag, and it's like three, two, one, go, and then he went. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He was waiting like, for them to say go, only they did it quietly with a point. And he's like, oh. yeah. Because everyone was like out. breathless. Yeah, they were all like, please, God, let this moment to go on. To be forever. on the set that day, just watch him. <laughs> no, don't roll it yet. Don't roll it yet. The director's like, okay, hold it here. Hold. Hold. Uh, almost like there. From- <laughs> Every movie that he was in, like, you can almost feel everyone being kind of horny for him in a way that mm-hmm. I feel like he was horny kind for of him. ahead of it. Like mm-hmm. his, the fact that he was so horny for himself made it ahead of its time because like, even when a woman walked in as like sexy woman, you can almost see him like emotionally palming her away with being like, no, but my ass, like yes. your ass doesn't matter. It's like, I was watching double indemnity and I, the amount of times that I keep forgetting that there is a woman in the room or a woman in that sex scene because it just feels like Van Damme being like, look at me, mm-hmm. is so ahead of its time. He's given oh. us what we want. He's, he knows what the deal is. He knows so hard he went and started a movie about his attractive selves meeting. Yeah. I know that the was second he was released from his contract, times. he was like, <laughs> yeah. okay, I can make whatever movie I want now. He's like, 
first thing, I want a second me. And we open on my bouncing leotard ass. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't know about, about open, Van Dam, but we'll get it in there. No, we're going to open <laughs> on it. Zoom out from the buttocks. And I'm going to ex- be explaining my legs and butt to a group of giggling women. <laughs> oh, fucking, that sounds really, that's a really good movie opener, Jean-Claude. You've, you've got really great ideas. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a second me. Okay. Schwa, fuck. Approved. That's the whole movie. Keep going. I remember. Uh, I remember the first time I watched Bloodsport with my most karate friend Nate, and I remember as soon as we turned it off, we both looked at each other and went, "We have to go outside and fight now." Yeah, like and just <laughs> ran outside, and the most spirited fighting, trying to pull off moves we had only seen for the first time then, and just spin kicking each other. I just beat the shit out of each other after that. Did one of you go for uh, the split punch, the Johnny Cage? Of course. The yeah. first time you realize I can't do the splits. Mm-hmm. Huh. I really like the move where Jean-Claude does the flying splits and then Chong Lee does a somersault underneath him. I, underneath a lot them. of kids can pull that off. So yeah, like yeah. that's the move you that's the move you practice yeah. when you're 10. Okay, I'm going to do the splits in the air and you somersault under me. Maybe yeah, we need a trampoline to start, but on. we'll get there. It looks so sweet. <laughs> all right how about like blood sport i mean blood sport changed everything everybody realized like this is a great idea and from 1988 onward everything was blood sport ripoff so how about mm-hmm. your favorite blood sport ripoff who's got it Oof. okay uh i like Fucking any medium shoot fighter was mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. someone clearly saw blood sport and said i'm gonna make exactly blood sport and they kind of had more of a street fighter element because some of the fighters were uh like supernatural, there was a snake guy, and there was a guy named Book, <laughs> and he just like couldn't be hurt. And uh, I really liked I liked that movie. There's a movie called Blood Fight, starring Bolo Young as get this Chong Lee. Like they they didn't <laughs> oh. give a shit, and it yeah. was uh, oh I love that. <laughs> there's this guy. Uh, he directed a movie called Fighting Black Kings, which was a, a great documentary. Name. Yeah. It looked like a documentary he made about these British white guys who entered a like a karate, full contact karate tournament, and everyone got fucked up by these tall black dudes. And then what he a great concept! Com- yes, he completely changed the the direction of his documentary once he found these guys, and so it's called Fighting Black Kings. So this guy, this director, was obsessed with the idea of a martial arts tournament for years, and it's basically he made that movie, and then Blood Fight, and then a bunch of other garbage that isn't as good, but that's that's one of my favorites. Bolo Young is such a weird guy because his name's not Bolo Young, though, either, right? right? Because he changed his name to Bolo after he was in Enter the Dragon as Bolo. Yes. I did an article about him on as Chong Lee. Yeah. (laughs) He's kind of fascinated. I did an article about him on 1 800 Hot Dog where he just kind of goes with the flow. He's like, okay, I was in Enter the Dragon. They call me Bolo. My name's Bolo now. He's like, oh, Everyone loves Bloodsport. I'll just do like 25 more movies like Bloodsport. As as Chong Lee. As Chong Lee. Lee. Same guy. Yeah. That's my life story. So I was thinking about it because there's some that are like blatant ripoffs that are wonderful that have kind of like changed history like Mortal Kombat. But I, when it comes to action, some of my favorite moments are found in direct-to-video. And this isn't like a direct rip, but it definitely takes from like the Kumite element. um, And it's Undisputed 3 Redemption. Mm -hmm. Um, a a movie that I adore and is bittersweet for me since finding out that Scott Adkins has a case of the brain worms. Um, but it's the third in the series and the, has anybody seen it? 
I don't think I saw the third one. I haven't seen three. Yeah, I didn't get that far. So I really enjoyed the Undisputed series. Um, It's one that I learned about during the pandemic. And I I went from like kind of liking it because the first one starred Michael Michael J. White to loving it once I got to the third one because the heel from the first movie becomes like the hero of the third. And it's Yuri Boyka, the most complete fighter. Um, And... uh, (laughs) Yeah, his name is in the subtitle, uh, the subheading in one of them, right? Yeah. It's that he is the most complete fighter and everyone keeps repeating it. And um, he basically has to make his way through a series of prison fights in which everyone is like the best of their style from like people that know 13 blocks, which is like prison fighting to like Wusha <laughs> to there's a uh, Marco Zoror. Who's like one of the absolute best Kaipoera pre- like fighters right now that he's like the final fight and he's amazing. Um, Hard to and, find the space for Capoeira training in a prison, I imagine. Exactly. <laughs> it's, not a great, it's not very conducive. Yeah, he's like the he's like the main guy that he's trying. He's he's basically like the Chongli of of this mm-hmm. scenario. And you even have like the hot headed American fighter whose name is Turbo, and he's the one that knows thirteen yeah. blocks. Um, <laughs> he and, does the prison style exactly. And it's uh, oh, Latif Crowder is also in it. It's it's very good. But What's his um, style? Uh, his is Capoeira. I mixed him up with Zoror, who's uh, kind of a mix of everything, okay. um, which is why he's so dangerous. Uh, Latif Crowder is in it as Capoeira. He's the one that's amazing at it. But um, imagine a blood sport, except every single one of the on-screen fighters are like the best in their industry right now. And that's why Undisputed 3 is so good. Like, even when a lot of it is bullshit, they still got the best on-screen fighters in their style. Mm-hmm. for every one of these so there are moments in which you were like standing and cheering because you cannot believe you saw a fight that fucking good and it only exists in direct to, to video yeah they pop up as suggestions for me all the time and for whatever reason i, I don't believe them and i'm like i don't know if this is the one the first two were like eh. the third one is where it's at Was because the- of like the kumite aspect is is the first one? They, they, I feel like they did a hard pivot. Like the first one was that was that the one that had like uh, Wesley Snipes and Ving Rhames? I might have. Yeah, and then they just went nuts. They were like, no, 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 these are blood sport movies now. Like this. <laughs> yeah, because blood a lot sport of direct to video blood sport rules. Direct to video has yeah. weird pivots in their action stuff because like Undisputed became super blood sporty. Universal Soldier, another Van Damme thing. Like the third one, I don't. Also Scott Adkins and Van Damme. I don't know how else to say it, but it is one of the best action movies I've ever seen, and also an incredible examination on how grief destroys you. Oh wow, you always make it Unexpected. to three, huh? Yeah, it's Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning, and it is astoundingly good. Oh, you got um, motherfuck Dolph Lundgren in it as well. So it's uh Dolph Lundgren, Jean Claude Van Damme, and Scott Adkins, and. The beginning has a POV beatdown in which you are the character that is being beaten to death, and it is haunting. Yeah, that's my fetish. Yep. That's worse it's than gonna, getting fucked by Dolomite. Right? <laughs> <laughs> all right, Zach, what's your second favorite POV shot of all time? Um, mine might be, and I, I've actually almost suggested this to you guys before, but that. Where's Kevin? Let me keep my girls. Where's Kevin? Let me- I was just trying to give you a flashback of when Dolomite <laughs> made love to you. <laughs> that weird shadowy, like, like lean he's got over you. Bad lighting. <laughs> Where's Kevin? Let me keep my girls. Where's Kevin? Let me keep my girls. As the shed um, collapses on you. <laughs> 
Did you guys ever see the TV show WMAC Masters? Fuck yeah. Yes. 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 Okay, good, good. We're all on the same page. That is like a show made and by and starring entirely people who believed in blood sport. Yes. Um, but they were like, how can we make it better? It's like, well, what if this guy... So here's my favorite thing about WMAC Masters. None of the characters are real. They present like Mortal Kombat type archetypes. Like one guy's a cyborg, but he's not right. really a cyborg. He just wears cyborg shit. And that's acknowledged <laughs> in the show. He's like, oh, I wear all this metal parts because that's I'm the, the mecha god. Cyborg. And it's got like shoot fighter actors in it. And it's like all a who's who of like straight to video movie villains. So yeah, I love the guy it that, that Shang stole his soul, like in mortal Kombat. He like, established yeah, the, the stakes in mortal Kombat. Like you the can bow die staff here. guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, I think he bow staffed in yeah. shoot fighter too. I'm not in the video game, but, uh, I'm about to die. <laughs> That's how you know I'm about to die. Don't get too I think, attached. I think the, a lot of mocap guys from mortal Kombat were in that show too. Right. It right. was like a real who's who. And it's, uh, they tried to have like a scripted, game show like gamified blood sport that was like half soap opera half oh, i don't even know man yeah. it's such a weird show it had like it a pro like, wrestling energy but it was in yeah. a way that it was hard to understand what the what their conceit was what their fiction was it's just right. like are, 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 do, am i supposed to know their actors i mean <laughs> we all do but i mean like are they putting on a show in their universe or i just don't get what's happening and then, the, and then the thing. rules of the game didn't make any sense. They're like, we're all just going to beat up ninjas until time. I don't know. Like, how do we <laughs> score this? Like, it's and sometimes we'll work together, but other times we'll seem to be competing against each other. We'll never <laughs> fight each other, though. And they had like a night wolf type guy, like just over the top Native American. Like, it's a great cast of characters. It's definitely yeah. worth the whole series is probably on YouTube, if I had to guess. I, so ex- I, I exactly. As, as I responded to seeing Bloodsport and me and my friend ran outside to fight immediately, he saw Bloodsport and was like, we have to do this, but uh, uh, maybe some other thing. And then ran out to make a TV show and found themselves like, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> it, it feels like two 11-year-olds who just got unlimited budget. And like, this is and what they really excited yep. by Bloodsport. Bloodsport, but with a robot, you know, that yeah. kind of, it's perfect. We should goes, watch it is what I'm saying. We should, you should make that a homework assignment. Let's do an episode. Yeah, let's do yeah. a WMAC episode. There, there, is a, uh, there is exactly that. Arena is my favorite uh, Bloodsport ripoff. Yeah, which is Bloodsport in space, yeah. Which is Zach Bloodsport. and I talk about that movie a lot. Yes. <laughs> Bloodsport we're, we're, in space yeah. with alien also cyborgs. Like everybody's pulled from fucking Doom and it, it rules <laughs> so yeah, much. Yeah, they're gruesome in a very Doom-like way. Yeah, they're like like demonic amalgamations of creature and machine. Yeah. They didn't make like just aliens. Everything's like a boss monster. Yeah. And, and earth dipshit gets to fight them in, in their magical science. <laughs> arena. Fucking Steve. Isn't his name just Steve? His name is just, his name is Steve Armstrong, which is Steve just, Armstrong. When you yeah. know, when you know the brainstorming session was cut a bit short. I would He's literally like, give anything in the universe to someday have earth dipshit as my lower third. <laughs> <laughs> That's that Steve did. You I don't one know. Day, you don't take. Come Steve. He's a headhunter. An earth dipshit. Those <laughs> <laughs> <grounded> pounds. <laughs> well, my favorite part of Arena is that it's the 1989 sci-fi action movie. So it was one year after Bloodsport, and they were just like, "Fuck yes, Bloodsport! Wait, Bloodsport's in space. 
let's go. There's no time. We have to go. <laughs> and they we're made it. We're ready. We're ready tomorrow. Yeah, and they did. They went and made it immediately, which probably explains why about half of that movie sucks a lot. And it's just like what life is like on the station and and how the fight betting works. And it's just yeah, hundred percent agree. The, uh, like the greatest idea, and just for the most part, poorly executed. But they I do a lot of like they do a yeah, it's so lovable. They do a lot of great world building in that. It's like crappy world building, but they they yes. they really went for it. Like when you when they go to their bars, you've got like music and it's like that really bad sci-fi music like they try to be futuristic with it like future jazz you know um, what it is it's like adorable. 12 year olds tried to make wmac because <laughs> when they were 11 they're just fuck it do it and then at 12 they like no i have some questions about how this universe works <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then they answered way too we're many sure now. Sucked. <laughs> we need to have a frodo in there or like a bilbo baggins type character mm-hmm. we can uh, go on the journey with them Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's just if you haven't seen Arena it Rules, it's just a guy slap fighting huge puppets, and uh, and, I, and it's blood sport, and it's in space, and uh, stars Claudia Christian, who uh, I guess is the patron saint of our site now. Mm-hmm. Uh, One of the I things th- I love about Arena is he should have died in the first match. Like it's clear these guys have the strength of like twenty apes. They're just these massive star monsters, and he's like a 170-pound Earthman. Somebody has <laughs> forgotten about the world building of Arena. Yeah, they and got the fact the that they have, <laughs> they have handicap raised. Well, that was, the, that, was, that was his journey. Yeah, okay. it was to, he was like, he believed in himself so much that he could do it without the handicap, so he just beats the crap out of a real minotaur with his... I understand. Yes, I understand. It's explained in the text. I'm just saying... <laughs> <laughs> Saying it's really hard. The real handicap was that. in you the whole time. All right, God <laughs> damn it! Your lack of belief in yourself. <laughs> it really um, is. Yeah, they're dumb answers. They're bad answers that I argue they shouldn't have put in there. And it would have been better if the handicap ray was just not a factor. And as was as was all of it. Like they didn't learn the best lesson from Bloodsport, which is that you got like twenty minutes of setup, and then it's all the rest has to be fighting. It's all fights. Mm-hmm. Every every single Bloodsport ripoff misses that. Right. That fact. Which is the most important thing about Bloodsport. And, yeah. And yeah. Bloodsport, I think, established the stakes that, hey, this guy wants to be the best fighter and now he's going to fight. But then they added some stakes with, like, the uh, army trying to get him, which I think they didn't need. And yet, when you watch all the other Bloodsport movies, you're like, they don't have a thing like that and they suck. So maybe that's the little element that makes Bloodsport so special. It has... So much other extra stuff that I'll bring up and people will, for, will forget because they'll be like, oh, yeah, there's the army thing and the romance thing and the American guy almost dying. And I'm like, yeah, and the fact that he was trained uh, blind because his training partner died because he's going in honor of Mr. Tanaka. And they're like, oh, my God, I forget about the fact that he has an entire training montage mm-hmm. and backstory involving a dead brother type figure. The training mm-hmm. montage within the flashback montage. That's right. Nested montage. Nested montage. <laughs> two minute, two two layer deep, Inception style. I think it was like fifteen minute long montage. It's like half the movie. Yeah, it's right. Like it's just, the entire intro, all but training there's, there's like memories. nothing outside of that. Is what's great. They're like, here, here's everything. We've folded time to show you his entire journey, so that we can get right to kicking. Like the metal in this blade, we have folded time. And anyway, and it was uh, efficient. He used all of it too. The blindfolding shit. They didn't waste a single minute of that training. The splits. The, the catching all of the punch it paid off. Yep. From his master that was surely meant to 
But he was trying to bring development. some tea. If you expect me to be his punching bag, you can't forget it. You can't forget it. <laughs> the stupid accent. The stupid accent paid off. Forget it. <laughs> he never lost that accent. My favorite thing about every 25 years of America. <laughs> every Van Damme movie has to have some kind of a throwaway line of, that explains away the accent. And like Kickboxer has from that Brussels. too. Yeah. He's like, you know, when my mom and dad split, and dad took you to France, and I stayed in New Jersey. Now you're from, <laughs> yeah, you're from New Orleans, I guess. I mean, that's might as well. That's close, right? When you yeah, got your throat ripped like out by that bat, better rebuild your vocal spicy cords Brussels. with a French man's neck. <laughs> <laughs> it's so needless to make him just. Just everybody's moved here from Brussels. It's the same yeah. as Arnold Schwarzenegger. Everybody just moved here from somewhere it. else. Yeah, it's a melting pot. Anyway, I, I also did not learn that lesson uh, from Bloodsport that you get to the good part, uh, get to the point, like right away. <laughs> so uh, here's to, now that we've had an entire podcast about Bloodsport, here's the point of this podcast about Bloodsport. Uh, we're playing Bloodsport the home game. We are adapting the perfect movie, Bloodsport, into the perfect medium for it, tabletop role-playing games. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> we're we're running a blood sport campaign using D and D five e. He slipped it in there. We're, we're gonna, gonna do it. And he did it. I told Zach if he was gonna do that voice, I was gonna do the Fat Albert voice the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're running a blood sport campaign using D and D five e, and I am the blood bloodmaster. Uh, bloodmaster, yes. That's too gnarly. I'm not gonna live up to that. You I'm know, the, the sportmaster. I'm the sportmaster. I like blood guy. Maybe blood. You're the no. tooth thief. You're the sneaky uh, tooth man. I'm I'm Mr. Bloodsport. I'm the, the guy. Toothmaster. Okay. Yeah. I'm the Mr. guy who runs shit. I'm the guy who's gonna run the shit. And Vanessa, Zach, and Sean. Black Dragon Society. Is that the? You're the I'm black the Black Dragon, Dragon Society. That's there what it is. There you go. Ah, uh, we got it already. Teamwork makes dream work. Uh, Vanessa, Zach, and Sean, you are the players. Of course, it would be wild if you weren't. And I invited on you here just to rub it in. Just be like, I'm going to do something awesome with somebody else. See you guys later. <laughs> All right. I have some questions. Uh, go, go ahead. Is Sassy Female Reporter a character class? No, it is not. Yeah, I will Shit. give you that. Blech. See, here's how it's going to work. There's one further twist. You will be making your own character sheets. You'll be speaking and taking actions for yourselves. You will be separate characters but you will not be separate entities. Instead, each of you will embody one of the core elements of Frank Dukes. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh. This is quite a twist. Frank Dukes presents himself to the world as an unstoppable kick machine who caved in the torsos of every single man, woman, and child who has ever or will ever be born. Amen. That's what he wants to be seen as. Now, what he really is, is just a childish manipulator and liar obsessed with ninjutsu. That's like his life today in practice. However, he has also over the years, I believe he started as a con man, but over the years, he bought his own shit. I think he's so deluded now, he actually believes some of his own bullshit. And he seems to think some forms of karate ninja magic are real and he is their master. So with that you in mind... You can't prove they're not. I will sue you if you try. Exactly. With that in mind... Any good Frank Dukes must be made up of three parts. A ninjutsu liar, a karate shaman, and an unstoppable kick machine. Mm. Those are your character archetypes. Okay. I play now, an we, unstoppable kick machine in real life. 
So maybe I don't want that one. This old yeah. hat. So, yeah. Now we can yeah. choose who gets what now. And if anybody is deeply passionate about one, you can just fight for whatever you get. And we'll do like another hour of podcast about that. Or we can do it randomly, whichever you guys want to do. Ooh. All right, Vanessa, what are you feeling? Do any of those call to you? So you know wait, what? Ninjutsu Liar kicked ninjutsu Dispenser. Liar. And what was the other one? A Ninjutsu Liar, a Karate, karate shaman, shaman, and yeah. an Unstoppable Kick Machine. I'm not going to lie, Ninjutsu Liar is calling to me. <laughs> like something, the 12-year-old in me that desperately believed every lie about how other 12-year-olds said they were in the CIA or that their brothers had a jar of Molly and then I couldn't see it. <laughs> like I want to, I want to tap into that shithead. Mm-hmm. But, but random adds an element of like unscripted chaos that blood sport often feels like because nobody knows how to talk like people. So <laughs> I'm thrilled in either direction. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? passionate about say, any class over the other I, yeah I'm, I'm feeling karate shaman like that's oh but Sean I just will, said he didn't like I will I play unstoppable kick machine you do, is that what, I feel like it's you know it's, it's a so little well. on the nose but uh, yeah. why don't we switch I'll be unstoppable kick machine we'll get, no, no, we'll no, get no. I insist we'll, let's I insist. shock Take the world your first choice and I will be a kick machine it's something I know okay it's, I've been training for this my whole life you're gonna kill this is like you picking T-U-R-T-L-E power for the, it's just like an easy win. Like it's, <laughs> it hurts. It win. hurts to be typecast, but <laughs> it does get you work. Uh, keep in mind, these are I'm your listening. archetypes, uh, but it is up to you to build characters that fit that archetype. Okay. All I, all I ask, like you're going to find your own way to get to, uh, to get to Ninja, Liar, Karate Shaman, and Unstoppable Kick Machine. Uh, all I ask is that, all of your names be some pollution of Frank Dukes. Nice. How and why is up to you. Now, uh, I understand this is going to make gameplay logistics confusing for people. Uh, if you're all aspects of Frank Dukes, how can you like talk to yourselves, cooperate in battle? You'll be like saving each other and splitting locations. And uh, like if you're going to try to picture all of this happening as one guy, it's going to make Frank Dukes look like some sort of crazy liar. Ah. Uh. Do you see where I'm going? Hmm. Is it that Frank Dukes is a crazy liar? Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe this is going to be like listening to a Frank Dukes story where you're like, huh, wait a minute. But if you did that and then, oh. (laughs) So question about how the name needs to be similar as like a version of Frank Dukes. So would a Francine Ducks work? Sure. I love it. My name is Fraud Kicks. There you perfect. go. That's perfect. I was just gonna be drank fucks. Just a quick, oh, just a good. neat letter swap. You know, just keep it simple. <laughs> drank fucks is good for the, the karate shaman, right? Yeah, karate shaman. Yeah, drank fucks. Is drank that fucks? We've already locked really it good. down. Uh, for let's do a little section for the D and D nerds. You're all going to be starting at level five. You can use any rules as written source. Feel free to homebrew for flavor, but if you want to do mechanical changes, we can talk about that as needed. If any of you are not huge dorks and don't understand that, uh, speak now or forever hold your peace. Oh, yeah. I assume there was some like online shit I could do to. Uh... Yeah, I think I'll be fine. I've got, yeah, I've well, got resources. Well, well, I mean, I was speaking. I, I am not a huge nerd in this way. I am in other ways, but. Uh, well, I'll I'm help you. Use, I'm, yeah. I'm in it for the journey, you know. 
I can use the Mega Damage GURPS system. So I'm going to be uh, pretty powerful, guys. Okay. But happy to walk any of you through, uh, you know, making your characters. We're going to be using D&D Beyond and Roll20. Uh, oh, I'm super familiar with both. Oh, great. Well, you're going to be... download uh, fucking Chrome plugins for this shit? <laughs> Yes, the fucking to- the 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 tone the pitch shift was great there. I but but their official Bloodsport Chrome extensions. Oh okay. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I give me your back on board. And uh, we're doing level five because that's where characters get their major specialization. So feel free to really diversify any any authorized thing, uh, any authorized expansion race. Just you can change names for your skills. Really make them your own, uh, and Fuck also yeah. just just appreciate that uh, the next time we speak, you will all be significantly more Frank Dukes than you were before. So let us uh, let's take a moment of silence to both appreciate and mourn that fact. Einstein Hunter Frankfurt. August was Dolomite Month on the Hot Dog Discord, so we thought it'd be fun to let Dolomite write one of these. Mules have kicked them, didn't bruise their hide. Rattlesnakes bit them, they just crawled off and died. They handcuffed lightning, split the raging sea. These here are the motherfucking Hot Dog Supremes. Three Finger Louie. Aaron Crossan is a bad motor scooter. Adrian H. Aiden Moat. Alpha Scientist Java, you rat suit motherfucker. Unandy, Andreas Larson, Armando Nava, Benjamin Cyronin, Bim Talzer, Brandon Garlock thinks you need to move over and let him pass before they be pulling these hush puppies out your ass. Brian Saylor, if Brianne Whitney ever sees a ghost, she'll cut the motherfucker. Brockway loves the meat millie, aw hell yeah he does. Cyril, Rev, Chance McDermott don't wear no fucking cotton drawers. Chris Brower, Curious Glare, Dan B is so bad he kicks his own ass twice a day, Dean Costello, Dr. Awkward, Eric Spaulding knows why I'm not doing the voice, Fancy Shark, Jellahope, Greg Cunningham is his name and fucking up motherfuckers is his game, Hambo, Haraka, Hot Fart, Jaber Al Aiden is a low down, oh I can't say this one, Jacob Thornburg is a snake-eating yellow. No, I can't do that one either. James Boyd saw a white woman. Nope. Uh, Jeff Horaski is so black. No. Uh, Jeremy Neal once dated a pastor's daughter, and he's... Oh, God. Uh, my man John Dean's wife is so... Not doing that one. John Hector McFarlane met this deaf girl one time, and holy shit, Dolomite. No. John McCammon thinks you're such a mama's boy, you'd... Nope, skipping that one. If John Minkoff was in Mississippi, no. 
Josh Fabian is a motherfucking... No, can't see any of those words. Here, Josh S. hopes you ain't as cold as the Windy City because the way he feels now, baby, he sure could warm you up. Oh, that's a nice one. Thanks for getting us out of that, Josh. Ken Paisley, K&M, M. Jahi Chappelle just wants to see a honky dance. Matt Riley, Max Baroyle get behind you, get in front of you too. Michael Lair, Michael Wells, Mickey Lohman, Mike Stiles. Moju once walked from New York City to the deep, deep south just to slap a son of a bitch straight in the mouth. N.D., Neil Bailey, Neil Schaefer. Nick Ralston wants you to listen and listen well. He's that bad motherfucker drove the devil out of hell. Nick H., Ozzy Olin, Patrick Herbst, Rain Vargas. Rhiannon's been known to rise up, but we'll cool down later. Sarkovsky, Spotty Reception, Ted H., Timmy Leahy is a no-business, born insecure, jock-jawed motherfucker. Toasty God, Tom Sakula thinks you bad and you ain't got no class. He's gonna rock this shotgun up your motherfucking ass. Tommy G, Waylon Russell, Yasarian wants you out of here in 24 hours and baby, 23 of them are already gone. And Donald Finney don't want no dilapidated, seep-sapping, pigeon-toted, cross-eyed, bow-legged, son-of-a-guns a-messin' with him.